imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Special late night, late night edition of Protonic Reversal tonight, uh, Saturday night. With the tunnel, we got we got all we got all three of them here. This is a this is this is a rare treat, uh, fellas. Uh, please say hello. We have uh, Jeff, Sam, and Michael. Please greet the audience. This is Jeff from the tunnel. Beautiful, beautiful. Hello. I feel I feel like um, what's his face in Glorious Bastards? Let me hear the music when he's talking about the. Uh, <laughs> tell you. Uh, I'm Sam from the tunnel. Sam, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Michael, good to be here. Thanks for having us, Conan. Yeah, so great to have you. In case you're wondering why I'm making you introduce yourselves when I know you very damn well, it's just so people can differentiate different voices that uh, maybe are less familiar. Uh, you are, you guys are a excellent band from, are you claiming San Francisco? Is it just a greater barrier thing? Like what, uh, tell me. It's an important distinction amongst people in the Bay Area. Is the tunnel at SF? Band? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we still practice there and one third of us still lives there. So I think yes. if, if you're practicing in San Francisco, I think that officially makes you a San Francisco band at this point. That that's as far as bona fides go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh it's been a interesting year. You guys have been incredibly productive for uh COVID times. And uh that's that's very difficult. And I, I, I as you know, I mentioned Shapeshifter in the Best of, uh, t- what is it, 20? Best, 20 best of 2020. I can't even remember my own freaking titles for episodes. 20 best albums of 2020. But it's actually kind of, you, you sort of did the thing where you released a bunch of them over the course of the year. There's EPs. Um, I, don't, I, I don't want to cross-talk over each other, but was that the original, uh, the original way you wanted to go about it? Did that plan change because of COVID? How, how was the plan of getting all this material out in the world and... Did COVID change that in any way? I would say that in some ways um, it was just circumstance. We happened to get a bunch of things rolling. So we had a bunch of stuff in the air right as COVID hit. So that like four records or whatever silly thing that happened for us in 2020 was kind of already in motion. And all they had to do was land. 
well, it was a little harder than that, but it was pretty much all <laughs> up in the air already. So, but yeah. And since then we've been working on new stuff. So um, that has changed. Well, even with Shapeshifter, that was like a like all the songs put together, but then we had the two little mini releases too, with yeah. the two song and a song and a little single one song kind of thing. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot of stuff. <laughs> so did you find the kind of constantly releasing thing, which of course the Spotify bro said is the only way to do things? Uh, did, did you find that that worked out <laughs> worked out well to your uh, to, for the band as far as getting the, the music in front of people, or is the jury still out? Michael's the person who knows about such things. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's a huge. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, we were kind of doing uh, Shapeshifter was kind of a combination of three different sessions, and it I mean, it definitely got delayed due to COVID in terms of the whole vinyl cycle and such like that. But um, yeah, like Sam said, I mean, we, you know, pretty much have been writing pretty regularly and um, just have had the debate of whether or not it makes sense in today's world to like wait for a, you know, sit on material and wait for a full length release. And, you know, so we've been, that's kind of why I've been, we've been doing the EP thing and uh, Forbidden Records was cool enough to put, put a lot of that stuff together into a, into a full length. Um, I'm kind of, a, we've been writing a lot in the last few months and I'm of the mind to do a, do a full length next, but, um, we're still discussing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah, and it's interesting because the tunnels music is very, you know, it, it's, it's overutilized as a terminology, but cinematic in a way, like, like it's sort of like it evokes certain like dark imagery and uh, you know, film and things along those lines. So as, as such, Normally, when you have a band along those lines, you would get some deep, like, well, you know, the flow of the album is blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. So the idea that, like, the album almost kind of came, uh, not happenstance necessarily, but maybe not as a preconceived thing, is, is somewhat surprising because it, it, does, it does all slot very nicely. Is, is that more, did all the material kind of come around the same time, like all these EPs? Because I know that I thought they were recorded at different times, if I remember correctly, but... Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, if that makes sense, because even though we also kind of flip genres or subgenres like every song, they're all kind of like sequential, so they should come out of a similar like mind space of whatever we were in at the time. We were writing all those songs at the same time, usually. Um, so at least that should be cohesive. And then we do put a lot of work in a sequencing, uh, probably our cinematic thing like you talk about. Even vigorous debates if there should be a second or a half second in between songs, all that <laughs> nonsense. So this 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 the spacing in between, you mean? Like the, the yeah. Okay, gotcha. Is it, the the idea being that you know you don't maybe you want to either do or do not want to give people a break before you launch into the next thing. Is that is that the the mindset there? Yeah, there's a beat there in between the songs that we try to respect. So. Uh, and and Jeff, since you and I are ones currently talking right now, I'll address this to you. Did the envisioning of the tunnel as it originally began uh, evolve and change, or was it always pretty much like this? This what you have now was sort of like the the fully realized of of where it started from. Uh, I would say it is definitely evolved. And if you listen to any of our albums, it may not even sound like the same band. 
maybe there's the thread running through it. I don't know. But yeah, um, it started with um, just me and a drummer, Pat, uh, back in uh, like 2008. And it's metamorphosized several times. Sam jumped in very soon after that. And then we've, we've had lots of great metamorphoses since then. So that's one of those things that I knew, I knew the answer to that question, but I just said it yeah. anyway because not not everyone is going to know. Uh, but I would I would say from a perspective as a listener, like the definitional tunnel sound that people have grown to love sort of appeared, if not in its full form, uh, close to it when Sam came in. Uh, you know, you get you guys kind of started to be more heart a little more hard edged, uh, some big black kind of uh, i mean any anytime there was at the, at the time there's drum machine so or, or sequence drums mm-hmm. i don't know how you want to phrase it and i feel like anytime there's sequence drums or drum machine saying big black is about the laziest thing you can do but it came from that Where's... same sort of mindset of like you know dark 80s sort of post-punk uh, but, but but your take on that and it, that's kind of when it was like oh th- this is this is interesting they're taking like a, a bit of a dark turn uh and then after that, of course, Michael joining the band uh, as a live drummer, it was like, oh, it's like, it's like that, but this is like the non-mechanized version of that. Uh, Michael, did you, uh, when you saw them playing with the drum machine, what, what was your thoughts? Were your thoughts like, hey, I want to, boy, I'd like to see what I can do with these guys with real drums, or <laughs> like, what, what, what was your, what was the situation, the thought process there? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like really dug their songwriting dynamic and i mean it's the kind of thing where it's really really different than stuff i had done previously and um yeah just i don't know we just kind of jibed in terms of like got along and definitely all in the same i don't know mentality and and thought space i guess and it just was kind of a smooth um uh smooth fit and uh yeah yeah but i mean and for me like definitely like i kind of came from a lot more um like not not four four not like that that sort of thing so almost like emulating machines was sort of like a challenge i guess right 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 <laughs> well, organically at least <laughs> <laughs> well did did you feel the need to sort of emulate the the sort of more uh almost grinding process of the of the drums like that took it like kind of kind of that feel or did you want to take it in a different direction immediately well i think like when i started that that they had just made the six song, uh, six curses of the Blackout Witch Cave, which I like. I mean, those songs we were playing Great. those live yeah. pretty regularly. So I kind of tried to, you know, tried to match that as much as possible uh, in terms of. I mean, still, you know, give it an organic feel, but like kind of keep it true to its original form. But I mean, certainly since then, as we've been writing, it's uh, it's gone off in a lot a lot of different directions and gotten a lot a lot more organic and like off the cuff, but, but still keeping, I guess in many ways, still keeping the machine like qualities at times. So it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, been cool and varied. Well, I guess the, the reason I ask because splitting the difference there is, is sometimes harder than uh, people might imagine, especially as a drummer, because if you're coming in to something and, uh, there's, there's kind of been a compositional process that, has been one way, then suddenly kind of switching gears and introducing human elements can be different. So did you did you fall upon your, I don't know, I hesitate to use the word, but like math rock 
<laughs> background <laughs> did you lay um, into that at all yeah i don't know i mean i think these guys these guys have a very established writing process and when i when i came in and um i mean i think that it was really cool how it naturally evolved to kind of let me you know come into i mean in many cases they'll write stuff and already have kind of like a drum concept with drum machines and stuff like that uh, which is different than i've you know worked with in the past um but yeah it was actually i mean it was really cool not not all of our songs are like that by any means but um you know it it, it let me you know with flourishes and transitions and changes and stuff like that like it had like kind of a basis but then let me add my my flavor and uh yeah i mean i think it seemed to it seemed to work out work out okay keep keep the original um like intention so sam the rhythm section is is a, such a vital part of uh this band as, as well as many others but the idea of going from uh bass with drums to bass with drum machine back to bass with drums uh, was there any uh, sort of adjustment period for bringing when you brought michael in and you brought in you know his style of drumming or what do you, was it relatively uh, straightforward once you actually got to work no I, I mean i think the i'm glad that jeff and i kind of worked together with a couple different drummers and did a couple records and then when it was clear that the lineup that we had wasn't working and we just kind of kind of stripped everything down just said you know let's just you know until we find a drummer let's just write stuff and so that's when we broke out the drum machines and I even got duplicates of all my drum machines so I could keep one at the <laughs> practice spot, and keep one at my house. So it was just, um, I mean, the stuff we did, even like uh, Michael said, the, the witch cave, right. we just, um, we did that all of our, ourselves and it was all kind of direct. So it was like, you know, fuck it. Let's, this is what we're doing right now. This is what we have. Let's just, you know, put out a CD or, but I mean, um, I mean, I think if we never found, you know, if my, Michael, you know, we never found each other. I don't know if we'd still be, yeah, I guess we'd still be <laughs> using a drum machine stuff. We just have to, I know Jeff and I work really well together, like writing songs. So it's like, we're not going to be stopped by not having a human. So we just like, you know, hire a machine and put stuff into that. And I mean, we intentionally made the sounds kind of, we didn't want to get like canned sounds like, oh, you know, let's, get spend 500 bucks on these cool sounds i mean it's we found just regular noises and put it and we're like yeah fuck it you know that's it and even now with the um coming up with ideas and doing the covid style each kind of writing and sending each other files and stuff i mean this when i come up with a drum beat i still use the same same tunnel sounds <laughs> just so we have some kind of a uh, it's familiar and comfortable i guess is there a lot of demoing beforehand, or how, how does how does it work? Because I think that there's a lot of people that listen to the show, as you might imagine, are musicians, and anytime a band is able to operate in any remote manner, I think there's, that process has become very interesting to folks, even whereas before it would be like, oh, who cares? Do you use Google no, Drive I mean, or Dropbox? You know, who, who no, so this is, this is straight like, um, this is like being in prison right now. This really sucks. It's like I have like Michael and Jeff are my conjugal visit. So it's like, <laughs> let's, um, let's have these ideas and like, oh, you know what? This is going to happen. It'd be cool to have conjugal visit with both of them. Maybe let's, this is happening. And it's like, I'll send an idea and they'll take it. They'll send an idea. And it's like, well, this sucks, but it's cool. It's something. But um, yeah, I mean, we're just, we each have 
different platforms that we record on, like Pro Tools, GarageBand, or whatever. So, I mean, we're still doing it lo-fi and just sending MP3s. So it's like, you know, fuck it. Give me a stereo MP3, add to it. And it's, I mean, the songs are sounding actually way better than I thought. But um, so it's something we have a good, a surprising amount of really good songs that yeah, that we'll probably crank out whenever, you know, COVID vaccine and all that stuff. So yeah, it'd be, but recording it, not like this. We're not going to like the MP3 sessions. <laughs> Like <laughs> the constituent yeah. parts that you uh, assembling together to for, form the greater whole. It's going to be more like you're going to yeah. record it in a proper studio. And well, and the re- and then that's a good point because it's you know all the there's a very distinct sound to what you guys do, but it's it's very well recorded. It's very uh, well articulated. Things along those lines. It wouldn't be something that uh, you know people make like the music on their laptop. And for some folks, you know that lo-fi sort of thing really works but i think for what you guys are going for it wouldn't necessarily apply it's interesting that um you know sam you mentioned the you know th- things turning out pretty well and maybe better than expected because it, it kind of seems like when you're in a situation where you don't have physical contact with other creative people you lose a lot of the visual cues and uh Things where somebody can tell you that maybe they're not into something in very specific ways. <laughs> that, that is totally it. That is exactly, yeah. Like being, you know, you, you know the whole thing. It's like you're playing something like, you know, I got something. And you're like, everyone's tuning up or whatever. And you're like playing something. You're like, yeah? Do you, are your ears breaking up? And then other times, no, it just doesn't work. So it's like, so these times it's like we can flesh out our little ideas and send it to the other person and be like, you know, what do you guys think of this? And like Jeff always has these crazy synth, like all synthetic, like even the drum stuff, you know, like, like Atari, like Pac-Man, like sounding stuff. He say, yeah, check this out. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't even, what, what do I do? You know, what, what is this all they saw? Like, and then play it and put my feel on it. And it's like, okay, you know, check that out. And Michael put like, he's got some uh, fancy electronic drums and he puts something that sounds like real drums. And then Jeff will put actual guitar and vocals. I'm like, well, I I'm, totally didn't see that coming. And it's, it's awesome. <laughs> and the next it's thing you know, cool. it's, it's, an actual, it's an actual song and it's actually yeah. put together. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Jeff, has that been uh, challenging for lyrics and for writing uh, words to go with it working that way? Or do you find that it's about the same, easier, different? Uh, it's uh, so... Vocals are like the hardest thing to do, I think, for me. And uh, I love doing them and they're really rewarding, but I tend to need, like other things that are hard for a person to do, you need to be like motivated. And the thing that, one of the things that motivates me is like getting into a practice room with these guys or like we have a show coming up and it's like, I better have something to say. It better, better be legit. And as long as we're not. I think I'm taking a little bit longer to write vocals, but I'm always excited when I get them out in 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 my room here, pretending there's pressure on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, give yourself your own red light fever. Maybe turn on a red light where you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you can put the pressure on for yourself. And like Sam said, it, like I mean, it's like I think we could all write uh, an an album here now, but it I, it just wouldn't be as good. I think we're just waiting until the day we can get together again and like 
see each other's faces and see what really works and what really doesn't work, just like Sam said. And like, that's when they'll, they'll become tunnel songs. Well, because you haven't really had the chance to have that live interaction yet. You haven't been able to have that kind of give and take between, you know, a, a band can think a song is fantastic and like the best thing ever. And then you play in front of an audience and it's like, oh, all right, that didn't hit the way I thought. It yeah. Was. Or a, a song that you're like, well, whatever, this one's fine, can become people's favorite. And, like, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess that's there was something there that we didn't realize as the people who made that music. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, Yeah, I, and especially... Okay. Oh no no please go ahead. Especially, I, I feel like the chance the chances of a song being good at this point are, are very low though because there's no as good as like the nine songs or whatever we have going on right now are like there's no glue like like I think yeah. when we come together we'll we'll make that glue happen. Yeah, and I guess where I was going out with some of that is is, is this the whole discovery process of kind of operating in a vacuum right like it's something that everybody's discovering and, and some people are finding difficult to work at all in fact that's kind of been a repeated theme about you know some folks writing me about the show and like hearing about what everyone is up to or not up to is you know folks either sometimes feeling blocked or unable to create or you know not being able to at all and it's interesting to me personally, whenever I find folks that are, you know, are diligent enough to keep working and find ways to make it work. So it, it sounded to me from how Sam was describing it, Jeff, like you, you were kind of making more, um, more demoed out stuff when you, when you're doing it, like you're, you're kind of writing, writing parts and adding them. And even though it's not necessarily going to be the, the, the final thing of anything, uh, it's a little more articulative of a demo. Would you say that's correct? Um, I mean, I think um, even more so now. I think all of our demos have been more fleshed out now. But like, um, yeah, I mean, the part of the problem is, is um, like Michael has witnessed. We Sam and I don't can't really have an idea without a rhythm part in mind. Like it's it's like it's how we write stuff, right. and so. Um, so yeah, there's gonna be like at least an electronic noise thing that functions as a drum. And probably <laughs> I used to be a bassist and so um I can't think without bass frequencies. And so it just kinda and like Sam says it's like Atari music. I had I I get stuck in a rut um without trying to write stuff on new instruments. So like the past couple of years I've been doing it all on like uh, basically modular synthesizers. And so that's a way of keeping my brain off balance. This is your brain on modular synths. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Michael, yeah. this one's over to you. I, I feel that when you're, when you're a drummer, like the hardest thing with remote recording is being the drummer because – there's so much like you can't just set up a drum set and and start recording in an apartment or a house it's just not going to be possible so i mean you mentioned uh, you know using synth drums and things along those lines did it have to like do you have to sort of rejigger your idea of things you wanted to do with the songs based on doing things in this way and if so how was how did you find what pathways did you find to uh, help along with that um well, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I've definitely had to get used to, like, just making, so I got, like, a sort of mid-range V-drum setup, 
at home and I have like a little separate like shack or whatever that's separate from my house so I can like play late and you know obviously it's all doesn't have to be amplified but um yeah I mean it works really well for um obviously just keeping you know keeping sharp and keeping endurance up and that kind of stuff and it you know it you know I've worked I got I ended up getting like a UAD setup like earlier uh, in the year that was more intended for doing recording at the studio, but I've been, you know, using that and, um, you know, can at least run sort of decent effects to where, you know, they still sound like synth drums, but they, you know, like sound more to my ear, like they're supposed to, the, the cymbals suffer the most, I think. And definitely it's, it's tough for me cause I like doing stuff that's not like every note's the same volume. I like doing like like yeah. washes and waves and shit like that. So that that stuff doesn't really fly. Um, but it, um, yeah, I mean, it it works well enough to get ideas across. I mean, you know, where we had one time, I think it was in November, when in between the lockdowns, when we had been going through this process, and then we said, you know, hey, I think we're going to be able to get together once. And so we did like a five hour practice where we were like in and out, like, you know, taking breaks with masks and stuff like that. And it was, uh, I don't know, man, it was like, it was like Christmas. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but, gotta I be mean, like being released from prison or something right at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been lucky enough to be able to hold on to our studio, which has been, been pretty awesome. Um, but you know, and then to hear you kind of have in your head and how things are supposed to sound, at least for me, like, you know, and you get, I, I spend a lot of time in my head anyway. Um, but I mean, this whole process has worked well for me because I tend to take a long time to work on little details of parts. So I feel like I can do that now without having to pester other people and, you know, have them deal with my, you know, being slow to figure out parts and at least get like 80% of the way there. Uh, and then when we get together, um, you know, you kind of have to do a lot in your head to hear how it's going to sound. Um, but, um, I mean, I'd be a lot happier to do like at least like monthly practices and stuff like that once, hopefully at some point soon. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been an adjustment, but in some ways I actually kind of like it. Like I can, you know, like I said, do, you know, if you're inspired at one o'clock in the morning and, you know, my kids asleep and I can go run and like write apart, like it's kind of got some benefits, you know? <laughs> so. Right. And that's not going to be. Uh, you know, even if it's something where what you're doing isn't necessarily going to be like the final final of whatever, you're able to get the idea out and get it down and continue uh, moving forward, which I think is uh, kind of underrated in the process. Yeah, I guess for me, like having sort of like I, I look at all of these as like templates. Like I have a like I'm cap I'm happy with all the parts and everything. And like Jeff and Sam said, like it's not done. All the glue isn't there yet, but you know the I can at least work out all the like where. Like I'm kind of like happy with all the basis of the parts, and and then we've I've found that I think that's going to be really efficient once we do get back into the studio because like all the the grunt work is done, like <laughs> um, and just like we can kind of make all the you know the the glue happen and and make it live and stuff like that, and that's I'm looking forward to that. That's really fun. Yeah. When you uh, talk about the releases that are. That have come out this year. Uh, what led to the split with the thought leaders? How did that come to pass? And that can mean anyone that wants to field it. Question: <laughs> How did that? How did that happen? I mean, we played with them a couple times, and they're great guys. A couple of guys from the Mass, and um, great band. I've actually heard what they're working on too, and it's really good. 
watch out for 2021 with with those guys but um i don't know it's good synergy they're out they don't really fit into the bay area scene either so i don't know i don't know what we've we've known and like andy you know, like porch played my mother and porch played with the mass like back in back in the noise rock picnic uh toxic beach days man as you remember well Conan. i have no um, idea what you're talking but, about sir <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean we've kept in touch and uh I've, i mean i think we've all been really good big fans of them and of andy um andy actually put out i think around that same time he um put out one of my old bands, High Powered Leroy from back in the mid nineties on his label. And we'd started talking and um, yeah, I mean, was like into, you know, into doing it. And it, they, they were, I think like suffering for like, they really wanted to have physical product. And at that point, like it was the plan to do, you know, like a seven inch and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then obviously everything happened. So we may, we may still do that at some point, but um, yeah, I mean, it just was sort of a, a, fun thing to kind of combine and our promo and everything else. And I think our bands fit together in a unique way. Um, and they, they like yeah, augment each other, I guess. That's one of the reasons I brought it up is because it is kind of like the tunnel sort of like a hard band to pin down in some ways, but it actually seemed like I was like, Oh, those two bands kind of, they, they slot well together. Like if you were, if you were categorizing things, uh, you know, in the, in the record store by style, like it would, it wouldn't necessarily be like out of out of the ordinary to have those two bands be in the same bin, just to use completely sure. overused analogies from my days as a record store employee. Uh, yeah. So, sure. and and then the idea there, and so that was <laughs> that was that was about at the launch of COVID, if I remember correctly. That was like right after. That was like early April or something along those lines. Does that seem right? I think that's about right. Yeah. It was like early 2020, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like and, and so February, that, something like that. Yeah, so and that point, uh, and correct me if the timeline's wrong. You'd already recorded the stuff that would end up on Nightfall, so that was uh, like basically late 2019. Is that accurate? So that was the same session that we did. Um, so Nightfall was the three songs, and that, yeah, so we did four songs with Tim Green. And that was one of the ones from that session. And so we wanted to keep that one that was uh, fit really well with their song. So we kind of did that separate. And then we did Nightfall EP with just the other three from that session. That was that. And if I remember correctly, I think you mixed that, right, Sam? Um, so we, we went up there and tracked and did everything. And then, and then yeah, with Tim, and then, um, then I ended up mixing him. He was recovering from something he had a really bad back kind of stuff oh, and so right. we wanted to we, we wanted to get it out and so yeah we did the um we mixed it i think we we definitely like i've i've recorded with him a handful of times and i um you know love love going to the barn and hanging with him um definitely the mixing thing for us is play, play a couple saw blades or, maybe you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's a blast man it's awesome uh, but yeah, the mixing thing, I mean, because of the distance, like, you know, tracking there makes perfect sense. And is, I mean, and he ended up being doing the mastering for Shape Searcher as well to kind of tie it all together. Uh, but the mixing process takes more time and it's definitely like difficult to like, you know, haul up and for us, like logistically, uh, it just was more efficient and made more sense for us to do it like on our own. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's not, not that we're prima donnas or like take a lot of time like mixing and stuff but it's just we like a lot of real time 
like big box effect kind of stuff and a lot of knob tweaking and stuff like that. So that kind of comes into the mixing part of it, a lot of that stuff. I was wondering, and uh, normally I only do this with a band uh, just for a record, but I I think that the songs are interesting enough and they kind of happen at such a, just a crazy time that I think that he'd be kind of maybe fell by the wayside a little bit, but I'll just go through song by song. Uh, with each one, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about uh, the, the recording process of it, the writing process of it, uh, any kind of banal minutia, uh, if there's anything lyric-wise, et cetera, et cetera, and just kind of get everybody's thoughts. And we can uh, we can do this in like a round robin uh, if you like. But I think that's uh, the Nightfall EP is, is sort of underrated in the, in the Tunnel Pantheon, so I'm kind of curious to uh, go through with that first. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah. Okay, so let's start. Sam, you're. We'll, we'll start with you. Um, tell me, tell me about the title track, Nightfall. Um, so it's like I I really love old pedals and that, like the the bass line just kind of was like an, it just screamed for that pedal, and so that's a uh, it was something that I would just kind of start playing that over and over, and had a weird like time thing that they would say, oh, you know, play that song, and I would do it incorrectly every time. I don't know. Can you incorrectly <laughs> play something? I guess you can't incorrectly play it unless you want to repeat it. So then I finally got it right, and then, yeah, they just yeah, ran with it. Yeah, it's a, it's like a uh, an Earth Mover song. It's really good. Just kind of set a course and just kind of goes. I kind love of grind it. on it a little bit. Yeah. Michael? Uh, oh, for that song? Yeah. Or- yeah, we're, gonna, we're, we're doing song um, by song here. Yeah, I mean, as I remember it, like we had had done a couple different, like we had started on that one a couple, like it had come into the the fray a couple times, like your original part, Sam, and we like kind of let it sit for a little bit and then came back to it. And it was, I think, almost one of those ones where we weren't totally sure we were going to record it for that or not. And then like kind of toward the end, we kind of came up with some of the other parts that tied it together and it... uh it just kind of fell in and it was one of those where it's like, yeah, we'll record it and maybe it'll turn out, maybe not. And then I think we all kind of liked how it, you know, how it fit. And it definitely had a more of, for me, like more of like a, that swaggery AMREP. Yeah. James, James Brown thing. It's got some swagger. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah, have, yeah. James Brown wouldn't be the first thing I would think of, but I know what you uh, mean when you say that. Like it, it, but it, if you hear Michael's drum track soloed, it's, it's so it's, good. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. Yeah. Sure. A remix of that. <laughs> yeah, the just, James Brown remix. Did you do the dance remix? That'd be awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Jeff, tell me your thoughts on, on that song. Yeah. I mean, we, we can be pretty OCD when it comes to, um, recording and planning and mapping things out. And that one is kind of unusual because we were not sure we were going to do it. We're like, only if we have time. And it kind of came together as a train wreck in tempo and it like worked for some reason. So that is unique for us. Also, uh, that is probably the most I will ever unintentionally sound like David Yao. It probably sounds like a dead on imitation of David Yao, but it's because of this mic that Tim had um, that was, he said it was Ian Spinonius's, uh a relic of his days with him. And uh, I think he must have busted it or something. So it was like semi-functional <laughs> and kind of distorted. And I sang with it pretty much like inside my mouth. And so that's, there was no distortion applied. It was yeah. just, 
Wonder why it turned out that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's (laughs) cause, meet, effect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if we had sanitizer there, but that was in 2019. I was going to say, those are are in the before time. So, luckily. uh, (laughs) uh, Any any lyric notes or anything along those lines on that one, Jeff? Um, It's another variation on a storm is coming type of song. I have a lot of those, you know. Yeah, I, rem- I remember being in the control room with that one, and you were like belting it out, and remember turning around, going, "What the fuck is that? That's awesome! <laughs> That's a nice feeling." Uh, so, it, it, but it's funny that one wasn't originally gonna. It wasn't like envisioned as like, "Hey, here's the." the title track here's like the thing that's going to anchor the the release it was more like oh we'll get to that if we have time originally was that was the mindset yeah the weird thing is i think that's the one where i wrote the vocals i wrote the lyrics sitting on tim's back porch which is pretty unusual for me mm. so did you find that the surroundings helped there meaning that the the, the lack of uh, you know city noise and distraction things along those lines uh, or was yeah, it? Or was it more it was, like I'm gonna have to yell something into a mic pretty soon? I better, better figure something out. <laughs> yeah, probably a combination of that with a little somewhat relaxation of of the cats roaming around. That always makes me feel better. Assuredly. Uh, so let's go on to the uh, let's go into reckoning then, which is the second one. We'll start again with Sam. Uh, can you tell us a little about that one from your perspective? Yeah, I mean that was uh, actually I think that was with another, um, a new pedal that I just got. And I was just kind of flashing through one of the ones after, after practice in time. And I, I do a two amp system for, so like all the main stuff goes through one. And then I have a, a old Fender twin for all like the, like where a second guitarist would do just like noisy stuff or just like background kind of stuff. And it was like, yes, it reminded me of like, um, like 1984 meets Tron, like with the big, it just it sounded like the intro thing just it sounded like yeah like some sci-fi dystopian reckoning thing and so yeah i played it for for them and we kind of just started fleshing it out and the, the beat and the guitar and the vocal everything's perfect yeah, i love that song i meant to ask about the second amp thing because that's something that's that's a relatively atypical for for bass that, that i've seen uh you know I've, I've seen the splitting the high and the low end kind of thing but it, utilizing it more as almost like uh, noise soundscaping or, or something along those lines that that's a little atypical. Well, it's, it's how bass amps just should be t- to me. So it's like, like when people play bass amps and they have horns in it, it's like, no, you, you just can't do it. And if you're like, <laughs> if you're doing like, and I love reverb, like spring reverb, it's just my favorite. So even like putting some in that and just doing the volume up a little bit, just to give it like, it's, that's how it's to me, it's supposed to be. And it's like, I'm, kind of a like a purist with the number of pedals that I use for my main signal, which is stupid considering all the other stuff. So it's like I try to keep that kind of pure and then all the nonsense in the other thing. And if it doesn't work and it's like fuck it when it doesn't work. So so it's the nonsense amp is what you're trying to tell me. That's the it, it is it's nonsense amp. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um Michael, reckoning, tell me about it. Um well I guess what I remember of reckoning is Sam would beat box like the beat and basically just say it goes like this and then you bring this in and then that and then add that you know that so it was kind of like super simple 
Um, but uh, I think it, it, it started off more like almost mechanical. And then I like when we started playing it live, like it got a little bit more of the, I don't know, like more of the backbeat thing. And, and it's, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite songs to play live. Um, and I think it goes over pretty well with people too, in general. I mean, it's sometimes depending on the, the, the sound person in the club, like um, Sam's tone can get a little, <laughs> a little crazy, <laughs> but we won't talk about that. And sometimes it's good, you know, but it, um, yeah, it, it's definitely one where we kind of burst off the stage in a, in a good way, generally. Yeah. Um, but, and yeah, the syncopation of it was definitely challenging to do recording wise. And uh, I will say we probably did a little bit of magical editing with Tim to make it, uh, make it all <laughs> tight, uh, uh, admittedly, but yeah, yeah, but it was, yeah, it was, I like how that one turned out. Jeff. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think one thing that I want to say, if it wasn't clear is that, um, despite the machine like beats that we like, like Michael's playing is like in every way superior to machine because for some reason, a human like hitting those beats with those kind of distinct thunderous spaces in between the beats, like to a click, we actually have been playing to a click a lot the past couple of years. Um, but just having like a human, like a talented human, like pounding out those tribal attacks, like it's, it's just so great. And that's what that song is about to me besides Sam's monstrous tone. I mean, I, I was like, hmm, I don't think I have to do anything in this song when I heard that tone. <laughs> but but no I will put in, I'll bring an ice pick and I'll stab every once in a while. Yeah, yeah I think there you go. There you go. Uh, what, <laughs> and and uh, how about for um, for lyrics for that one? Um. Yeah, it, uh, it's a dystopian type of song for sure, but the lyrics are more about, uh, yeah, kind of like a urban, urban bio machine uh, saga gone wrong. Uh, the 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 bio machine finds something in an alley and takes it home, thinking it's innocent, and it turns its life inside out more or less. I think that's what I'm singing about. Almost seems kind of like Tetsuo Lake or something. You think that's what you're saying? Is, is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> Who would know? That Who would be the authority in that situation? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, Tetsuo Lake. Yeah, yeah. That's kind. Of, well, and also the the video, the video for it kind of has uh, not not those vibes especially, but it has like vibes of like that era where it's got like there's sort of the, um low res is the wrong word, but sort of distorted TV effects and things along those lines. It's got those, uh, it's got that feel. So it's, uh, to me, that's kind of where my thought goes to it being, you know, an art damaged weirdo. Uh, yeah, that, that Shinya Tsukamoto is a huge influence and in not only his cinema, but his themes and the music that great, like late eighties, like early sampler, Percussive stuff is so good. Pretty unique. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, let's go to the third song, "Ashen," which uh, we'll, we'll again we'll start with Sam here. We're gonna we're gonna maintain the maintain the round robin order. God damn it! That's right. <laughs> so that was a, uh, um, a like a little riff that Jeff brought in, and he's kind of playing it. And uh, I think the original one that he had was really 
it was just like like super super pretty and then we just played it and we just started kind of adding stuff to it i think we each took turns kind of adding and just to me that it was just yeah it's so pretty that it, the baseline that i put to it just kind of it felt right just nice and like a like an open plane where the the lyrics tell the whole story kind of fo- following around that like not a lot of changes just kind of focus on on the lyrics and the singing michael uh yeah i'm i think for me that one was like having spent a bunch of time playing drum machine type parts i guess for me that one like had uh like it it's not the kind of drum part that i would like have would standardly make but it has like just like a it's just a pulse it's basically just a pulse that like pretty much stays constant and then the layers come up and uh like through the song and stuff like that and um yeah i think i mean one of the things with these guys in general that i think that um plays into is just like I kind of used to have a mentality like where the drums need to be complicated. The drums need to be doing this and that, but a lot of times they don't. And they just maybe to, to give the song what it needs, they just need like a really basic kind of foundation. And for me, that one was, was that, and it's almost more the, the meter and the constancy. And I definitely like, like for me, there's little um, just like notes four or five notes where it like hits off of where just vocals like kind of transition from one spot to another that like make it like it's kind of like the only thing thing that matters is those few notes and then everything else is just foundation pretty much but um yeah i mean i don't know for me i think that's probably one of the best uh, from an arrangement standpoint I, I like i would say i like the arrangement of that song uh, from all the songs on that ep by far the i think it's one of the best songs yeah do you find that kind of expanding on that idea that having to intentionally play something uh, maybe more simple uh, and to serve the song rather than, you know, kind of going for the, you know, big heroic uh, <laughs> rush time signatures or whatever along those lines that, that you maybe would, would, would want to go to if you were just thinking as an academic exercise. Has that been a challenge at all or is that something that you think you fell into relatively easy? Uh, I mean, I'd say it's something I probably should have learned a long time ago, to be honest, but <laughs> um yeah it's just like uh it's like a mental state thing and yeah i mean i think it's been good i mean i've really always i've really appreciate the songwriting um in in many ways the songwriting's a little bit more not like like verse chorus kind of like structured and then um like then i'm you know some of the stuff i've done in the past um and so yeah i mean i think it was a little bit challenging but more so in my head than anything uh and i think i've uh i mean i don't know i definitely feel like in that way i've grown um in uh you know in working with these guys and writing and i mean it's really when it comes down to it it's all about the song right so. right <laughs> uh jeff what are your thoughts on this on this particular song uh i was i was just lost in thought thinking about those those drum accents that michael was talking about the echo of the vocals those are so great yeah, i yeah. love those it, it, when it, you it hits very nicely in as uh, in the composition yeah yeah the first time i heard him i was just like oh my god he's listening and doing that wow um okay um yeah i mean that's uh probably a hearkening back to maybe some of the older tunnel styles where the vocals were like front and center and like lots of words to say story time yeah. type of thing which used to be my thing but like 
now I I honestly appreciate the musical beast that the three of us create more than the literal stories told with words. So I try to keep the words like where they make sense with the music now. But this one is an exception. I'm just run off at the mouth and stuff. But um, story time is a like, good way to, to to charitably explain that uh, that that type yeah. of racism. <laughs> yeah. But like coming yeah. from the great trend of like you know allegory and, uh, and like I'm I'm thinking of like you know like Nick Cave or something along those lines, right? Where it's like there's yeah, you start up one place, you end it another. Uh, Tom Waits, things along those lines. It's definitely one of those, yeah. And with a suitably, I suppose, uh, Roland S. Howard-ish guitar thing, which I think metamorphosizes into Hot Snakes by the end, which is... I was going to say, it gets a little more yeah, a different kind of aggro near the end. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with Roland S. Howard at all. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it, but it is... Yeah. Th- there is definitely uh, when when bands are doing like the big black birthday party, you know, there's sort of like certain recognized tropes. And, and I do appreciate that you guys, uh, color out the color outside the lines when it, when it suits you. That's right. That's right. Got to surprise ourselves at least. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, so then, uh, last song in that EP is last exit. Sam, you want to start us up on that one? Yeah. So that's, um, I, I've just always had a fascination with like, David Lynchy, Open Roads, and like Mojave Desert kind of stuff. So that's uh, like the baseline and tons of Fender reverb on that too. Just, um, yeah, I just I just think of an empty highway and like the last exit. And so it's like we started playing that and kind of building and Jeff puts the cool little vulture guitar lines in there. And it's perfect. I love that song. It's, um, we've kind of fucked ourselves with different, so many different styles of music that when we have, I don't know, we don't really have like hardcore fans for one style of stuff and it kind of hurts us, but like doing songs like that, I never regret doing really slow. We call it our suicide set. So like <laughs> we, we could do a whole like, like, like the band or the concept. Show. Oh, I didn't even know there's a band called the suicide set. Really. Oh no, the band suicide is what I was thinking. Like your suicide oh, no, like a, set. Oh no, which we all like. Um, but like a our, like our suicide set, like a, just really slow, um, just kind of more gentle songs, which are still, I think, a good part of our stuff. But yeah, that song is um, it just it came together really fast, and yeah, I love that. Michael, thoughts? Um, that song is about the most fun thing to play live that you could find. <laughs> for me like i love the you know it's basically just a vibe and like where sam's basically the foundation and i can just pretty much i'm almost it's like jeff's vocals and the drum hits are like kind of like playing off each other and it's literally different like every set like every time we play it live which um which i yeah i really dig um i always remember we actually played that to the click and we recorded it and tim made i can't remember the exact comment but he said um because it has just so much space and he said i've never heard a band like like basically that i've never heard a song like that with that much space like feel that natural but played to the click which i found is that's a really nice yeah thing that, to that's, say. A, that's <laughs> a very that's a very esoteric but uh, awesome compliment yeah. for sure yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, it's a fun one. I, I love that, that style of stuff. And it, uh, like I said, it's just different every time we play it, which is pretty awesome depending on the mood. Jeff. 
Yeah, um, we don't do very much of that. And uh, as far as like leave things totally to chance and um, there's some structures in the kind of syncopated vocal lines and stuff um, to give us, to give me at least a little something to hang on to. Um, <laughs> so you're but, not, totally, uh, not totally lost on the, uh, on the highway. <laughs> yeah. But man, when it works, like I think the last time maybe that we played live, I think we played once in 2020 in January at the Eagle and um, uh, man, that song really worked that time. I kind of like felt like I woke up from something at the end of it. And uh, I think that was a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd say so. <clears throat> any uh, yeah. a- any lyrical notes or anything? Um, uh, th- that song is uh, very stream of consciousness and very much about the percussive syncopation of the notes. A lot of it is just gasps and sighs and croaks and stuff. Like, for some reason, we had to listen. We had to choose among vocal lines. I remember at Tim's, and some of them were backwards, and it was it was pretty nonsensical, right? You guys, like my words, they were. Well, well we did the, uh, so we added the yeah the backwards reverb in, so it's like gets it all nice and poltergeisty. But and then yeah, so we had to track it. We had to we had to record it with that. And we we're just listening to just the, the backwards reverb part, and we're like. Sweet. <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> it was uh, definitely like channeling something uh, outside of me is what it felt like. So I'm, I'm not sure. There are words. There really are English words. At least right before we recorded it, they took the form of English words, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's almost, I mean, there's a long history of that too. I mean, going all the way back to, well, even before recorded music, but I was thinking specifically of like stooges and stuff like that, like and having like just something that sounds like it should go there and then like not necessarily putting too much effort into imbuing the meaning into it until it actually already happens. So there's, there's certainly a rich tradition. Yeah. I mean, his, his syncopated grunts (laughs) and stuff are just perfection. Perfect. Syncopated grunts with a Z. Uh, what's up with the uh, album art? Did, did that? It's a very, uh, it's evocative. You know, it's three colors. There's like the 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 blue, red, white. It almost looks like a, you know, a, a negative of, of some kind. Yeah, I think we went back and forth on that um, a bunch of times. Various ideas from different people, um, and uh, so it was definitely a collaboration between all of us, but the trees are an actual tunnel through the trees back where I used to live. When I used to live in Fairfax, you can go up into this like open space up on this like abandoned fire road and somebody like cut this tunnel through the trees that's been slowly growing over like that. That's a real place. It almost reminds me of, uh, did you guys ever see Tales from the Dark Side? Like the opening opening for Tales from the Dark Side. Do you guys remember that show? The best. Mm -hmm. That's the best. Yeah, yeah. Totally oh, Jeff and I all the um the end of Prince of Darkness. Jeff and I have always <laughs> totally blended on that. It's the uh, that John DeCarpenter. It's not one of his more famous. Ones. Oh yeah, I actually completely the, forgot about it. You're right. Oh, total total <laughs> goosebumps at the the Me very too. end when he has the uh, like the Antichrist is like cloaked and it's getting like transmission, yeah. and they're they're trying to focus in on it and it, it like they like hint at it and at the end you see oh so good it's so good but that kind of like busted up like 80s like fucked up vhs stuff like that i'm just i love that 
love it, love it. Seems to fit the aesthetic of the music too, because it's not like the music is solidly rooted in the '80s, but it definitely gives a gives a nod, uh, you know, with certain homages within, even though it's certainly coming at it from a more present-ish take uh, on those same vibes. Which is interesting that like I don't feel like many bands explore that, uh, or if they do, I'm not aware of them. Let's put it that way. Um, which c- kind of led me to. Uh, you, you know, who do you think of as like-minded fellow travelers for the tunnel? Like, who, who are the, who are the tunnel bands that you have common cause with that you feel that, uh, that there's an affinity, uh, mutual admiration society, things along those lines? I'll, I'll throw in. I'll yeah, throw please. in. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. um, uh, Storms for sure. Um, but unfortunately I think most of the bands that we would like, you know, a, a lot of them are not on the West coast. Um, but you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> Reptoid, I think as like a, oh, for sure, for sure. As a, who gives a fuck, this is me play it yeah. kind of same style of that. And we played with him a couple of times, right? Yes, many. In fact, I think that's where we met uh, Michael, is playing uh, PRF West with Reptoid, same night as Reptoid. That, I think that's the that first sound, time I That sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah. That was yeah. the Firebase player night, I think, if I remember correctly. It was. It, 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 it was. <laughs> not not um, for the tunnel, but for... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but in a hashtag never forget moment, that was... Uh, if, that's if, right. If you need a cultural shorthand and you were there, you know exactly what that means. And if not, it's not for you. <laughs> it's true. There's yeah. another local band uh, called Flat Black that we played with. All oh, right. Um, sure. We do sort of a metal industrial fusion that I like a lot. Um, but otherwise, like other bands um, that that I was lucky enough to see in the, before we couldn't see anything um, was like Bambara. I really like what they're doing. And um, I guess a little bit before that, um, seeing Daughters was pretty pretty i felt like there was a similar vibe there and then also we were lucky enough to play with um musk another local band that we love um and uh our our great noise quartet um from new york city um ex lubricated goat and a lot of other things life skull um yeah good stuff really good i mean I, i think that's kind of been a like a problem that we can't have like we're talking about doing you know, tours and stuff like that to have like a good sister band to like, like no matter what, oh, we can play with these guys kind of thing. It's always been, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what songs we're playing or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. Well, because it's almost like you could hang out with the, you know, the release the bats crowd for sure, and you could you know, hang with a more grindy noise rock band. Like it, it, it's sort of like if, if the right set, you know, you you could play. A lot of different kinds of shows, but all of it is sort of like a almost a niche of a niche. And it's interesting that to me, what makes the tunnel interesting is that you guys don't do a strict genre thing. Uh, but of course, if you spend your time catering a Kona Neutron, you probably will not be a great success. <laughs> yeah, telling it like it is, y'all. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that said, I mean, there, there's also. You know, folks that don't, 
mess around with like uh, the Jesus Lizard or like the Amrep stuff that can totally get down to like the dark vibes and you know certain bands that again the birthday party as an influence I think has only grown uh, amongst especially you know the kids and, and things along those lines but the reason why I brought up the uh, you know the fellow travelers bit is because it, it is interesting that there to me there isn't a lot of bands that sound like what you guys are doing and it's not to say there isn't a precedent for it it's not to say that it isn't you know, it's completely uh, undefinable or anything along those lines. It just feels like there's, again, if tours were possible, it, it would be more like, hey, we're just going to play with bands we like rather than <laughs> try to find bands that sound like us and, and see what happens. I, yeah. I would also say, I mean, I could, uh, a lot of the, some of the new stuff that actually on your on your top 20 list uh, like heads and hey Colossus. Uh, I mean, I could definitely see us um, like fitting with that with that that type of stuff for sure. But like Sam said, I mean, we have um, luckily enough material to where we can kind of tailor what you know what type of stuff we do, and it it you know it uh, it sometimes makes us look like a different band at a different show. But yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> what do you do, man? It keeps it interesting. Yeah. The many so. moods of the tunnel. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I saw that list too. I was. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, uh, and you remind me of Exhalance because that was a good yeah. show we played with them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. We almost lined up one with the New Primals guys when they were. I think it was like a couple years ago, and I ended up going to see them, but we couldn't play because of logistics and schedules and stuff. And um, yeah, I think we're. I mean, we're different. They definitely get in. I don't think Jeff. I don't think you made it to that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but they they're amazing, and they definitely like you know challenge the audience. And I mean, there's a lot of elements. I think that they're they're different than us for sure, but definitely a lot of a lot of shared elements that I think works together well. Yeah, there's a lot of vibe to what New Primals do, uh, and they they have that sort of a little bit noise rock, a little bit post punk uh, right. kind of element, and that's and it's not in a way that. When you say that, you it normally means a certain thing, much in the same way that like it used to be that if you say like, oh yeah, they sound like the Pixies, you would know exactly what I mean because it means like oh they do that one thing that the Pixies do, and then I remember one time that I I saw a band that reminded me of the Pixies, but I made sure to preface it by saying, but not the way you think that means, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was very important to me because it's, you know it's just unfortunately there's that cultural shorthand right where you say a thing and then like something immediately comes to mind. And uh, you can't unring the bell after that's been done. And it, it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. But it does seem interesting to me that there is more of a, you know, the noise rock post-punk bands that are get, like kind of bringing the vibiness back. And I, I think Heads is a great example, especially that last record, uh, New Primals. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like the vibe, so what can I say? Uh, do, you, do you guys want to do the same thing with the shapeshifter stuff. I know it wasn't initially, initially it was three EPs, if I remember correctly, right? It was three EPs kind of uh, yeah. reimagined. Uh, well, before, before we sure. do that, actually, what, talk to me about the sequencing because it, was, it wasn't, it's not like, uh, it's not necessarily chronological order or anything along those lines. You actually resequence those as a record, right? How, how, did, that, uh, how did that come to pass? How, how, how did those decisions get made? Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, traded around different versions. We had like candidates, and the one that won was this one. Yeah, um, 
There was some problem with doing it sequentially. Oh, I think it was because it was two sides of a record. Maybe part of it. Ah, uh, because you can only do a certain amount of time before you start losing high end. I think if I remember correctly, is it right? Like consideration. Right, but yeah, like everything else, we had many tunnel comedian meetings until we were all happy. The meetings will continue until everyone is happy. <laughs> I think Punisher as the lead up in side B was pretty funny because it. Uh, it's just talk about a niche within a niche, but we're, we like it. So we let offside be with it. <laughs> so, okay. Let, so let's talk a bit, little bit of that um, as, as a record. So we'll do the same thing we did with the EP. We'll just uh, song by song. Let's we'll go. Jeff, you can go first this time. Michael, you're just looking at me in the middle. Sorry. That's the, the drummer's conundrum. <laughs> uh, so, so let's start it off with Mercury. Tell me about Mercury, Jeff. Uh, I love that song. Um, <clears throat> we we that's one of the few that I can think of. Well, it's one of the songs where I sent a demo almost fully formed for the first half, and then these guys completely tore it apart and <laughs> reassembled it for the second half, and I love it. I don't think it would it would have been really boring. I think otherwise. So this is uh, this song makes me happy, Michael. Um, that's my tempo, man. That's that. That's all <laughs> I have to say. It's it's eighty, and it just it just it's in three. It's just it's just perfect, man. It uh, yeah, it's another one. It's a blast to like where I can kind of not wander, but sort of move through it and weave through where like Sam's very like foundational, um, and then it's got like really fun like the sort of like the bashes and the slams as it gets through it like but it's also it's still that was the first one i think that had that that swagger that sort of is similar to like nightfall and punisher and stuff like that like it's got kind of a sway to it that i really i really like a lot and uh um yeah that was a fun one to fun one to record definitely one that was pretty stable in our set i think for a while as well when there were sets. When, do you guys remember when there were sets? <laughs> uh, Sam. So that, I remember him when he uh, sent the, the, like the little demo thing. And so like the, the names that we give songs, sometimes they don't make it all the way through. But if I hear something for the first time or see a name, it always kind of, um, I get too into like visual stuff. And so I wanted to have like a, like a molten tone where it's my, mm. my it's the bass is so blasted out that i can it's it's almost like i'm playing fretless so just because it just kind of keeps going and just like it churns and churns yeah i love that song if i can get the beginning right then i'm i'm set i'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> oh three 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 three, three. <laughs> well that's the one that has like the the, the spaceman uh watching the the screen uh, with the video footage. Stole right? that from yeah. Mario Bava, another great influence. Works. It works. <laughs> yeah. uh, our next song is Membrane. Tell me about Membrane. Uh, membrane. Oh, do you have any lyrical also, notes? I, for, I forgot to ask about that specifically. Sorry. Um, It's about a powerful female. I think that's all I can say. All right. <laughs> that's all i know um uh membrane 
Shoot, it's hard to go first. Um, I would say that is another very influenced by Mr. Yao and the boys. No, no getting around that. Um, I hope we give it a little bit of um, something different is all I can say. It's super fun to play live. Somebody said, Jesus uh, Lizard is like our Led Zeppelin. I was like, yeah, I can back that. <laughs> in, in all the ways, you know, in the ways of like they made, you know, a bunch of timeless records and in, in the ways that their uh, certain style characteristics that are immediately discernible and the ways that there are some bands that like, oh, you're like the the, the bar band version of, of Jesus Lizard. Okay. <laughs> and, and yes. That, and that is definitely not bar band Jesus Lizard, to be clear. But I, I Okay. <laughs> Figure, figure amongst friends, I can talk a little, little freely here again. Again, for controversial yeah. after hours, you know. <clears throat> I'm not, gonna, I'm not telling tales out of out of school. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, Michael, that's right. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's another one that's like super fun live. Um, I feel like that probably one of the first ones when Sam and I started really like clicking. Really, like it's very sharp and like it, like it. it you know, it has like the stops and you have to jump right back into the, to the groove and stuff. And it felt like it was one where Sam and I were starting to really like play together a lot better. Cause like when it, when it, when you do it right, it's kind of like you kind of step back and go, wow, damn, that was, that was how it should be. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely probably one of the more like kind of straighter and repy sort of, sort of things, but which is, is always fun. So. I mean, do you ever do you ever feel like you're compelled to want to change it up or like make it more complicated or different just to to get away from that kind of sound, or do you do you feel like that the you can trust that the constituent parts of everything are gonna kind of be its own thing? Yeah, I mean that one. I th- I just see that more as that's more like a pocket song. Like, yeah. it, I mean, it definitely has its like its edge to it. But I mean, just how it like like Jeff just like jumps at the brakes with the vocals and it's just it's very like it's got it doesn't need yeah this definitely doesn't need any like you know hey add that beat or change that time or anything like that like it's just it's more it's kind of more caveman-y in a lot of ways which i've actually been really enjoying with to to do with uh i mean it makes it's really fun live and it's just kind of what it what it needs sam um yeah i mean um when i started playing the lick I, i was hoping it, not, it was not like a make or break thing, but when Michael got that, I, I mean, some, I wasn't sure if it was going to be one of those things I just play and like nothing's going to ever happen from it. But he, yeah, he nailed it. And when, when it, the part got it and we like would sink in together. And I remember we would just have practice sometimes like Jeff should hold on a second and we would just play it over and over and over verse, 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 verse. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then it got in. It's like, sweet. That's it. Super cool. And Sam, you had that uh, thing you did on one of our early rehearsals on the recording from the rehearsal. You like did an '80s dance remix of it, and that ended up <laughs> writing that part of the song. You like kept oh, like yeah. you put a lock roof in the middle of the song, and we ended up using it. Yeah, and re- recreating a, a digital edit for uh, yeah for to get it to yeah. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's cool. So the idea was you were going to do like the the dance remix and like hey guys check this out and then that's ended up being something like actually let's let's use that in the actual arrangement. <laughs> yeah, I've, we've tried something like I'll take if we practice I have just a little recorder so like I'll take it home and put it on there and just like EQ it a little bit or 
do a little mastering thing and, and then send it. And so sometimes if there's like Michael's laughing between songs or Jeff says something silly, I'll take and like do it down an octave or repeat it for like three minutes and like put it afterwards. And then, yeah, for that, there was just, everything was good up until a certain point. We're like, oh, what if we did this? And just kind of space filler. And we're like, oh, sweet. Yeah, let's, let's try that. Yeah, that worked. Um, do you feel like... Like it's it's placement of the record was was that uh, was that intentional that it, that ended up there because that's one of the ones that you recorded with Tim Green right uh, if I remember correctly yeah yeah I mean, I mean the, it's a, oh, go I'll, go, I'll go ahead go ahead well for me it was just like Mercury the beast that it is is definitely like gonna put certain people to sleep or or traumatic stress put them <laughs> out of consciousness and so like membrane is supposed to be like wake up wake up well yeah and, and i guess what i'm driving at is with sequencing uh you know when you you know there's a couple schools of thought which which is that if you start kind of like a little more uh you know for lack of a better term kind of slower then you got to kind of pick up the pace afterwards whereas if you start off with with a flat out ripper, unless you're going to pull like a hot snakes third album, you maybe should take it down a notch at some right. point <laughs> instead of just like, That's you know, right. relentless nuclear assault or something. Uh, so then, then tell me about song three then, which is uh <clears throat> death's request, which is for, for someone that had a, had to go to speech therapy for a long time. <laughs> it's a very difficult song title for me to say. It is a tongue twister. Um, yeah, something completely different. I mean, we all are big, like Bauhaus fans and no. that sort of thing. So it <laughs> it comes out there. <laughs> yeah, don't say really. We said you don't have to be ashamed for this song. But <laughs> um, your vampire wings fly. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's really pretty. Sam's baseline is so pretty, and um, I tried to be as pretty. Um, and uh yeah i mean that's like a song that didn't work for the longest time and then once we got the feel um it's it's really fun to play live i guess we keep saying that (laughs) (laughs) it's good that you like your songs i mean that's you know nothing wrong with that not a bad thing yeah so when when you're uh when you're going down the Bauhaus hole uh as we will now henceforth call it uh (laughs) do you ever think lyric wise like you ever get self-conscious about that or do you have to get in a certain mind state to uh to deal with that or do you kind of go against type at all ever mm. that, i mean only in the sense that it would be boring to imitate their lyrical patterns or styles to me it wouldn't feel like i was doing anything and plus i get nervous making sure i was doing it to honor the spirits of whoever um, right. in the back cave so um so yeah no i, I think it's pretty uh, it's pretty much my normal uh lyrical content um death is uh, i believe requesting that um you show up in formal dress at a certain date so that's not good formal formal dress is required yeah <laughs> uh michael um yeah not a whole lot to add um I I do remember that we had a lot of debates in typical tunnel fashion as to whether the first beginning of that part when we recorded it needs to be exactly halftime 
to the rest of the song <laughs> or whether that, that was like super critical and important. Yeah. And I think we ended up doing it that way. But when we play it live, obviously it doesn't quite, quite, quite have that. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. For me, I think that like um, definitely showcases Sam's like tone and writing style, like where, I mean, basically the, the, I almost, had to do nothing to just again it's just a pulse thing like he's filling up so much space and it's just like so so pretty um that uh like i can kind of just kind of seat into him and just sort of give it like kind of keep it moving along and stuff but he's covering a lot of ground and it's it makes it fun to play and to listen to for me sam hey i mean that's um Anytime that comes into set, kind of like what you guys are talking about, like sequencing for songs, I'm so shitty at that. Like picking a record, like what order? And I never I help with set lists because I can never I'm, would be so bad at it. Every time I'm like, oh, yeah, let's try this set. But every time that we play that song, that's just like a, yeah, it's, it's going to, it feels really good. Really, like really, really good playing that song. And yeah, we're so tired. I know we spent, so long and so many different versions of going between two beats per minute faster or two beats per minute slower. Like <laughs> this song sucks. I'm like, well, okay, well let's, you know, let's try this. And it, it, it like changes it so much. And that's, that's funny that Michael said about the beginning thing too. Cause it's like, cause I have to start it. So live it's like, okay, hold on turbo town. We're going to, going to slow this down. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to think this. about it differently. You have to, you yeah. have to, you yeah. have to give it a little thought. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy now how much we sense differences of one or two beats per minute. I never thought I would see that day. It does change the feel, though, and that is something that you know some some bands may or may not acknowledge that. But all you have to do is hear like a, a live album from a band where they're like, "Whoa, are they like late or something? <laughs> like, what's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to get this done in record time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it does make a difference. It, it does make a difference. Uh, so then, uh, Plasma Den is the uh, so that'd be end of end of side A, Plasma Den, uh, Jeff. Yeah. Um, do we record that um, with Jayon Kim um, from McTurner's Hawkwind and Secret Shoes Three? And a super nice guy. Um, that was a great experience. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty schizophrenic song. Changes gears constantly, but like in in the same direction, I think. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, that would be another vampire song. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Story <laughs> checks out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I mean, I, that had a ministry part, as I recall. Um, I I I, uh, I, I, I get from the ministry part. I, I was gonna say I, I would know the part you're talking about if you if that's the one you're thinking <laughs> of. Yeah. <laughs> or were you thinking of the the pale head part? Oh pale yeah. Head. The it, that song, I think, had a pale part and a ministry part. Oh, oh. look at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing I have to say is we had uh, Zante's in-between songs during that recording session, and it was really good. That's a, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm do, do the, the thing I don't always do, but I, I will say that uh, after a take uh, in a previous band, Italian telephone. We had, we had stopped for dinner and we had some really good Indian pizza, uh, if you can believe it. And then, like you know, we did a take immediately afterwards. We uh, 
he asked, hey, you know, how do you think, what do you think about that take? I was like, sounds like you guys just ate a whole bunch of Indian pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be careful with the Zantes. It's true. <laughs> which, which I still think about to this day and always, like, I, I keep in mind anytime uh, recording of, of just like, okay, yeah, food decisions may impact tempo and uh, and feel of <laughs> songs coming out. <laughs> Uh, so having nothing to do with Indian pizza uh, or Zantes, uh, a little bit to do with it. Uh, Michael, uh, Plasma Den, tell me about it. Um, yeah, so that one and Overland were the first two that I would say we wrote all together. Um, and we decided we'd uh, we'd go to, um, which I think was only about three blocks from our rehearsal space, um, um, our friend Jay Young's um, studio. And, um, yeah, they, um, both of those songs have just a lot of, um, a lot of memories, I guess, um, in that they were like the first that in my mind that we were starting to, you know, like wrote together and be a band. To show, in, in the yeah. Like starting things, to show yeah. that that was gelling and stuff like that. So for me, that's the memory with that, um, that, uh, that song's like got probably more funk in it for me than like any of our songs in terms of like the the beat. Um, and I always once again remember it live that um, the way Sam's part breaks, like it, the noise what it, when we do the breaks, right? It gets like totally out of hand depending on which uh, which club you're in. Not, not that's not the best like thing to to note, but it has like a part where he mutes but then it, it like will like again be different like every show and sometimes sometimes sonically nice and sometimes otherwise you know uh, um, so, but sometimes um, perhaps a little more chaotic a little, little more, <laughs> entering some jazz parts in perhaps <laughs> right that's right i would add that michael does a very good like russell simmons blues explosion beat for much of that song oh i, I can hear it yeah yeah absolutely uh, John Hammond Thanks, from uh, Undetermined, by the way, in the chat box live, uh, saying hello to everybody. So, hello, hey, what's up, man? Uh, so then, Sam, uh, t- so tell me about that. So that, um, yeah, we we just those are yeah, like Michael was saying that we just started those songs and we wanted to um, to get him recording and to commit to vinyl because I didn't want him to go anywhere. So I'm like, let's do this. We're gonna <laughs> commit to ten inches, and you're you're locked in. That's yeah. it. Um, the contract that is ironclad. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but Michael, the record, do it for the vinyl. Um, but so that particular song is the first time I've ever worked with Jay Young before, and I remember um, I'm a huge like Roger Taylor from Duran Duran. Roger Taylor, not Queen. Roger Taylor and Power Station, and I, I love the big blown out drums. I'm like. This needs it. I want big, like gasping, like you know, eleven seventy six, just blown out. And I, I think Michael just looked at me, and Jay Young kind of looked at me, and he did a, a like a pretty good job of doing it. And I was, I wasn't sure if Michael, I'm like, yeah, it's fucking, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't know if he was like, um, yeah, it could, it could. So worked so, out good, man. Yeah. Weirdly, not the first time the power station has been referenced on this show, strangely. But... Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Go uh, what, a lot of, what a lot of people don't know is when, you know, because it was just John Taylor and Andy Taylor went to go power station with the, the chick drummer. Um, but they got Roger Taylor's advice from, you know, his, their Duran Duran bandmates on how to get that drum sound. Yeah. 
So it's like, that's cool that he helped him with that. My thought. Yeah. It's cool that he wasn't a dick. <laughs> <laughs> How many points do I get? You know, something along those lines. Uh, okay. So then moving along with, with Shapeshifter, we have the song that also appears on the um, sure to be the protonic reversal bump, the uh, top 20 of 2020. Punisher. So, Jeff, tell me about Punisher. Uh, it's something early. Brutal. <laughs> brutal. I think it's like three beats per minute. And um, uh, most of what I'm doing is my vintage um, Boss PS3 pitch shifter, just making it do stupid things. And um, it has a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a painful odyssey. Odyssey of pain. but it does have a cherub's part at the end to lighten the mood oh yeah 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 lighten it up with some cherub's part yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i know i know the part you're talking about yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, what uh what what was what were you thinking lyrically with that because yeah like like you mentioned it is kind of like a i don't know like the road (laughs) or something sort of yeah you know what i mean like big cormac there's like a yeah, it's like a summoning, more or less. And um, there's a when we recorded that at Tim's, um, we got the idea to do like a group chant. There's a group chant yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Um, that involves bones and what's the other thing we chanted? Flesh. Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> I think it worked. I think we did summon something that night. I forget what. Well, obviously I like it, so. It worked for me. Cool. <laughs> we summoned Conan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that wasn't what we were trying to summon, but I guess that's fine too. Michael. Um. Yeah. Again, I guess my definitely my tempo. Uh, I love the slow and low. I think when Sam originally that that original bass part with like lots of space, and then started hearing. Um, Jeff like texturing over the top like it uh yeah it's just my my happy place um and uh yeah I would I, I guess the other thing I remember from that is that was probably the first reverse reverb or at least the Tim's that with the with us and I remember I think we even took a video of just running just the reverse reverb and it was like straight up exorcist like oh yeah i mean like we were basically like you know and to run out of the barn at tim's at night where you know basically it's just like the you know the texas chainsaw massacre could be right there it was pretty it was perfect you know (laughs) well i mean Um, think about all those congressional hearings where there's like oh it sounds so evil just because it was backwards it was you know we're come (laughs) of that age where it's it's like it's not evil just because it's backwards just because you you think there's a satanic message there but i think we're all kind of hardwired to think of that as a cultural shorthand but it does sound cool yeah. for sure yeah. sorry no that, that, that was me just doing a little bit of <laughs> de- debunking the satanic menace and don't get me started on D either uh sam thoughts uh yeah so that one is that's the uh, the only song i play both amps like full tilt like overdriven or like maxed out and it's uh i've always wanted to scream through pickups so it's like adding vocals through my basic maze guitar is kind of fun that's it they love playing it. I'm. It's okay to me. I mean, I like the song a lot, how it turned out and everything, but it's a. I mean, it's a. It's a cool song, I guess. 
<laughs> you guess, huh? I guess, yeah. If you like that sort of thing. Yeah, if you're no, it's, um, <laughs> I, I think if, uh, if, if Tim didn't indulge us as much as he did with the, you know, he was saying like the backward guitar solo yeah. and the, the fifth fifth octave down uh, harmony you know, with the with the troll flesh and bones stuff. I mean, it turned out way better than I thought it would for sure. For sure, for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, it makes for a good placement on a comp because it definitely is, uh, unless you're making like, you know, a, a sounds of people eating things in the graveyard, you're not really going <laughs> to, whatever comes next is going to be quite the contrast. So uh, <laughs> work well in the protonic comp. Uh, all right. So then, uh, well, uh, so, that, and and we mentioned that kicks off side B. So was that was there ever sort of like, I mean, it's almost called Punisher. Was the, was the idea going to start by punishing the listener, or what, what was the what was the mindset of starting by that? Was it a vibe thing or what? Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, the next song is going to be faster, no matter what. Even though it's <laughs> like, <laughs> they kind of be kind of worried if it wasn't. You'd be... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really like Sam scream through his pickups. I guess that's a that's a really nice way to start a record off. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it it definitely uh, it gets the attention, and that's um, for, I saw I I saw Steve Albini do that in Big Black. Well, I didn't see it, but I saw a video of it, and that's the first time I think I'd ever seen that. And uh, but I I know other people that have done that uh, before also. But it has to be certain types of pickups. It doesn't work for just anything, and it has mm-hmm. to be a certain type of. Uh, like the the conditions have to be exactly right. Was was there Sam? Was there any kind of a discovery process for how to do that particular thing? Well, at a practice spot, everything is just fine. Like the levels are totally fine. I mean, for me, probably not for those guys. But I remember Tim. <laughs> so I, in in Tim's area, there's a so the first he's got his control room. Then you go into the first room with guitar, and there's a sliding glass door. And then I have my main bass amp. And then another sliding glass door and then the twin. And so as that song gets pretty loud and just I can see through into the control room when I'm getting it ready and all that. And I just see Tim shaking his head like slowly and it's like, oh, dude, come on, man. I'm a fucking artist and we're paying you. Just, just disapproving like I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> oh, no, that's like, I mean, that had to be that loud or whatever. But it's like that that's the you get certain What are you trying to prove? Yeah. <laughs> just how it is when we practice and what i'm used to and just i guess it's yeah so I, you know, i'll never forget that <laughs> that's funny uh so then after that's uh unseen c uh it's probably uh the only song that maybe you could bob your head to by there's the time bopper there's some bopping you know bobbing to me, it reminds Hopping me on the way to the graveyard, from, maybe who knows, yeah. <laughs> or, or out. <laughs> uh, the guitar reminds me of Cacto Twins for some reason, um, but I think it also is pretty evil. But the Cacto Twins could be pretty evil too. So, um, uh, and I also think that it's my—I was allowed a little bit of my Prince, my love of Prince, to come through in some of the vocals on that one. So. I enjoyed that one. I can see it. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Michael, thoughts? Um, love that song. Uh, love the video, too. 
Um, yeah, the one with probably, the, uh, the uh, looks almost like DNA helixes or something spinning around. If I remember correctly, like the, the, yeah, yeah, or, yeah or, or, or there's there's actually a screensaver. It kind of reminds me of. I think I think it was called I think it was called <laughs> yeah. Mystify Your Mind. If I remember correctly, <laughs> I think it was. And you're damn right. I was saving that until I talked to you guys. <laughs> 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 okay, Michael, continue, please. Um, yeah, no problem. Um, the yeah, I guess the other one. That song is the way it flows, and for me, like, was definitely to, like we I, we played that a couple times live. You know, where like it, it, it's one where if the tempo kind of starts to waver a little bit, like I, I have parts where I'm just sort of like falling off a truck for each in the chorus part and then it rolls back into the verse um and like falling off a truck each measure and definitely it's one where you know if it falls off a truck too much and the tempo goes south (laughs) it it just doesn't quite come across right but yeah that's one that since we started working on to the click i remember we were playing it for a while and it was it was okay like after we had recorded it and then um you know we wanted to bring it i'm always one of the ones with that one to like let's try to bring it back in the set and we started working on it with the click and it just kind of changed um like dynamic when and it was where i would see like sam's head nod like oh yeah okay yeah that's right that's how it should be (laughs) um and um yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely a fun one for sure yeah and in a weird way it gets people moving too i think like or at least swaying yeah, <laughs> Swain is movement. <laughs> Swain counts. It counts. Uh, Sam, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I love that song when it comes across right. It always reminded me of like a like a cool prom song, like a slow motion, like a, a like a really cool like prom thing. But um, way cooler my than my prom, part. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it starts off. I have to get just a note just right because it's a harmonic and I have to use my other amp. So there's a lot of like tap dancing for me in that song. Yeah. So I always get nervous before that. But yeah, when it comes off right it, sonically and hearing when Michael hits the his bell on the ride, I like that. To, to, that, that took a while to get the, I think that was actually the saw blade maybe on that one too, or a, yeah, or a, a black and yeah, something. But yeah, when it, when it happens right and all the levels are there, it's, uh, yeah, it's an awesome song, fun. I think you're, are you thinking of your prom, Sam, or are you thinking of Carnival of Souls? <laughs> or were, is that what your prom was like? No, because- Are I they got, different? <laughs> no, it's like slow motion and it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. To yeah, me, it's, it's, totally it's a really happy song. It's a super, yeah. it's, it's a happy, uplifting song to me. I like it. You know, we, we played an adult prom with Lung in uh, Alton, Illinois, which I expected to just be a horror huh. show and a nightmare without a dream. And, <laughs> and actually, everybody was very open-minded and cool, and it kind of changed my idea of what a prom could be. And what I didn't realize at the time was that it's like, oh, yeah, these people are all music fans, and they're, they're coming into us as, like, knowing that, like, this is going to be, hey, here's a new and interesting experience. So I'm going to back you that, sure, dark prom, that that that, that works just yeah, fine. Okay. Like, anything you can sway <laughs> to, can you can prom to. That's, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, that's my new... <laughs> That's my new, like, you can still learn new things at an advanced age, uh, advanced age. Well, uh, you know what, you know what I mean? Uh, kind of situation is that sure that, that, that song can be in the prom, Sam. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jeff Sawmill. Uh, another 
uh, chronicle of a subhuman biomechanical beast um, doing his thing. I remember that that guitar part is like just mostly a series of clicks um, that it took a while to get right. And uh, it's got a we weird went sounding, with yeah, the, it's got it's got a weird a, a weird sort of vibe to it. Like that's that PS3 again for one thing. But I think we went in with Phil Manley a couple times to get that right. Um, because it it doesn't make any sense unless it, it sonically works. Right. Um, and I, for some reason, I remember Phil saying, making a point <laughs> to tell us that we weren't that weird. <laughs> and I was like, I never said we were weird. I don't know what that conversation was about, but I remember that with that song. Did, did he feel like you were maybe making, trying too hard or something? Like, what what, what does that mean? I mean, we get excited about things like demonic clicks or whatever. But I mean, I think the confusion like that we talked about before is we're not like a genre of like crazy weird. Like that's yeah. not, we're not like Burmese. Like we're, like we're not skilled at being like pushing things to the farthest envelope of like where things can go sonically. But right. we do like to freak ourselves out. Maybe we just are freaked out more easily than Phil. Yeah, there, there's a well, apparently, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's almost like I don't know who would be the disco stew style arbitrator of that situation. <laughs> so, so, what is or disco is not... stew says that's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm, totally, I'm glad you guys got that reference, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael, thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, not a ton. Um. I guess that one I always remember. We made a video of that song at the Golden Bull, and I hit like one snare drum crash, like with Jeff's vocals. And he would always point me back to like, that's the most important part on that song. You have to hit that note. And, <laughs> you did it once. And yeah, I think I yeah, we maybe a couple times we practiced since then. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it like that's another one where I get to just kind of I don't know for me if I don't hear the the tom part just kind of like rolls with sam and like it's almost one of those where if you don't hear the drums if they become just one with the bass then it's working right and um yeah it's another one that's just real super simple structure um but just um uh just you know like fun like it's more about the setting the mood for sure so. sam yeah so this one came about when we started playing it and it just when i had to um to name the song just so we have something like after practice it just sounded like a straight up murder site like out in the woods like some busted up old sawmill with just like bad things that have happened there were just like in the wood just ingrained in it and just the way the song goes and the the big monstrous chorus parts yeah, I, I love playing that song and how it just kind of retards at the end and just goes down into the mush and just evaporates yeah that song's badass but i think that that getting back to the phil thing um I think we we took those songs and mixed. We tracked there, but we ended up we had some issues too, right? Didn't we? Did we mix those ourselves too, Jeff? Michael, so. do you remember? We may have. I want to say you. I think you did. You ended up remixing them. Yeah. So it's which ones? Which songs did we do there? We did Death Request there. That Mercury song. Song Million. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up mixing those ourselves because it's um, kind of like what you guys were talking about. It's like we don't try to do weird stuff or be intentionally weird. We just want to capture 
the songs that we hear. And sometimes yeah. um, the people like in that time, it just didn't, it wasn't, um, it just wasn't coming across. And it's like, we, yeah, I don't know. Can you guys elaborate that on that? I don't, I'm always the difficult person to, to deal with. <laughs> you guys can totally point fingers. I, I get it. I'm that no, guy. We all, we all heard it in our heads and we didn't stop until it was there. Yeah. That, that, what you said, that's it. Yeah. I think it's important. I mean, there's no, there's no reason to try to rush or compromise it. If you, if you have an articulated vision, you, you want to see that vision through, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are such massive superstars that like, there's a lot of pressure <laughs> on us to get done in time. But you I know. mean, you know, we spent nine months to send the drum sounds. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Remember, remember in uh, uh, some kind of monster where, um, Hetfield comes in and announces that like he can only work until like two or something, and it's it's, it's like wow, are you freaking wow, amazing, amazing. You guys yeah. have seen that movie? I assume just a, yeah. such a head shake. Oh my god, that <laughs> was just like first world problems, first like galactic world pro- band problems, like space shuttle band problems. Like oh, to be to be so so stressed out. Yeah, Friend of the show, John Congleton, said that the whole time he's watching, he's wanted to scream at the screen. Break up. (laughs) 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 So that goes to the the last song uh, on the record, as conceived as uh, EP, but the last song is on on the record, Shapeshifter, which is Overland. Uh, Jeff, can you tell us about that one? Uh, Yeah, um, that's uh, another pretty dark, psychedelic odyssey type of thing. the really interesting guitar stuff that ended up on that song was something I was trying to get Jay Young's attention in the control booth because uh, I wanted to do, he was starting recording at the wrong place mm. for a punch in. So I was like, just doing all this shit and uh, I was trying to get his attention. And then he's like, when it was done, he like put up a song. He's like, sound great. I'm like, what? It couldn't have sounded great. I was trying to get you to stop the tape. But it turned out all right. Actually. Well, happy accident, huh? Yeah. Uh, That's amazing. It's the part that I think of as the welcome to the jungle part now. It kind of sounds like the mellow break. It sounds about a tenth as good as welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, any any uh, lyrical notes there? Uh, it's another summoning. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, Michael, thoughts on Overland? Um. Yeah, I think that's another one that um I started to like like a lot more in the set. Like it almost after we recorded it, it kind of almost in my mind like came into its own live, which was kind of different um i always remember that one i think it was was it phil collins um sam where you were basically trying to like tell me how to like you know with the basically i just get to do like a drum roll through the whole thing and like like it's sort of like the kind of part that i wouldn't normally like i would be like oh that's silly i wouldn't do that (laughs) but it uh in the context of the song it like it like worked right and uh I get to hit stuff really hard, and yeah, it's 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 a fun one. So the reference was Phil Collins. So is it is that right? I can't remember. Uh, maybe uh, maybe. Uh, 
I think that might be one of the only songs I said, don't do the Phil Collins fill in. Uh, it seems like all the other ones. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm remembering it wrong. Yeah. Sorry. No, but <laughs> wasn't there a reference to, um, cause that guy does can't live. Um, you know, that's yes. Song. Yes. Uh, Eric Carmen. You're right. That's the reference. I can't live. Like if living is without you. Yeah. It's a little Phil, but, but that is the, yeah. And that never happened. Did it? Damn. Bring the record back. We're redoing it. I bet the Phil was still like 12 times longer than Michael would have preferred. I think it was a good compromise. What? So Sam, that's on uh that song um so i'm i'm glad that they let me use the the name the title because that was in um you're talking about D. I play a game called riffs which oh, is like I, a role I, playing i know game. riffs very well my friend are you are you fucking with me right now <laughs> i'm not i'm not fucking with let's put it this way when i saw that part chimp torch split i was like holy shit because they use the same artist that uh, does all the riff stuff i and I remember when you when you commented on that too. I was like, "Does he know? Yeah. Does he know about that?" <laughs> so it's like in I was running a, a long term campaign, and you know about ley lines, they're the magical lines that all the spellcasters get their power from. And there's a train, a, a techno wizard train that can ride on top of that energy for um, you know free. It's no no fuel, but it's powered by demons. And so in my game, it was called the Overland Express. And so when we started fleshing the song out, it just and in, in my campaign, it was in the what Canada would be like in the future. So it was all like, you know, Arctic tundra. And so every time we would start playing that song, it's like, oh, that's Overland Express for sure. That's, that's what I see. And then how Jeff captured and doing the video for it and stuff is, yeah, that's really cool. Well, I appreciate the wrist reference. Boy, that, that is definitely a proton reversal first, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, Riffs is the best. It's the best role-playing game. I mean, if you like D&D or... All the other ones, Cyberpunk. I mean, you you can get everything in that game. That's great. I, I absolutely agreed. Uh, so, guys, this 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 has been awesome. Uh, I I you did it do Condemned Collapse afterwards. Uh, if you'd like, we could kind of walk through that one a little bit too. I think that one's a really interesting uh, double single. Otherwise, we can. Uh, we can do some other. We can do some other stuff if you're tired of talking about specific songs. But I think you guys. <laughs> sometimes you can do this with people. Sometimes you can't. You guys have stories behind them, so you can. But uh, yeah, I'm not getting blood from a stone, which is which is good. Uh, yeah. Would you rather talk about condemned collapse, or would you rather go someone else? I, I, I'll, I'll. It's a Saturday night. I'm feeling generous. So let's. Uh, you guys tell me what you want to do here. Well, I don't know of any stories offhand, but I can say that recording with Jordan was super fun. We record those two with Jordan, like everything in one day, and uh, set up and and uh, yeah, it was a it was a rush, but we were pre- we were pretty proud of how that went. It was super cool working with Jordan in Oakland. That's, Jordan, that's the mighty reptoid, of course, is the uh, yes, sorry, as humans yes. might know. <laughs> yes, uh, and Kyle Spence. Master that, if I remember correctly, right? That's uh, yeah. the, the fellow from Harvey job. Milk. Yeah. That's a Vincus, uh, some other stuff that is not those two things. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess what I'd like to know um, from you guys, and, and just kind of, and we'll, I want to thank you guys for your time. This, this has been great. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. It's always difficult to do uh, a thank full you. band together, too, but I think you guys have come through like troopers, and this has been really cool. Uh, 
you you're in a situation where, as we've established, you're a relatively unique band. You your sound can slot somewhat nicely with other acts, but isn't necessarily of a certain genre. You're not genre rock or anything along those lines. That can lead to interesting situations. And if we could just do a start off with uh, kind of like a, a worst or just bad, negative, surprising, hilarious show experience. And then we'll do a round of those and then we'll do a round of uh, best, most surprising, uh, pleasant, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And in this case, what we're going to do is, Michael, you're going to actually start first on this one, okay? Wow. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. So we did a Halloween show. Oh gosh. Santa Rosa where we actually got paid. Uh, we got paid 800 bucks, which was a first for me. Um, and we played two sets. Um, so I think we played, was it 18 songs or so it was a lot. It was a lot. Like we did a full two sets. Um, and it was basically at, it was a car club for a car club. And, it, for me, I guess it was it was positive in that, like, wow, I actually learned like seventeen or eighteen songs with these guys, and we, you know, could play them in a show, and it was, you know, it was kind of a monumental thing uh, in that way. Um, but it was where the one of those where we've all played them, where the audience was basically whatever audience there was was sort of like not really sure why we were there I guess not. <laughs> like, I mean there's a DJ and like the place was like where you couldn't you know one of those where it was huge yeah. and you could go inside and outside and you could go all over and it wasn't like like super well attended and like we had friends of Jeff's that you know that knew us that knew the tunnel from a long long before and you know thought we'd be perfect but the rest of the car club wanted to basically just listen to the DJ spin like the latest like hip-hop dance tune or whatever and it was uh yeah it was it was it was interesting I mean, you guys are like, I, I hey y'all who wants to summon <laughs> yeah and i think the reason you think it wasn't well time michael is because everybody was trying to get as far away from us as possible <laughs> right right i think there was actually a lot of people there <laughs> but the club were super classy and super pro and treated us really well, you know? but it's just yeah. like there was a disconnect and like what we don't know any like hip hop pump and stuff. So like we pretty much had our set. Yeah. We're going to do yeah. like, a thousand dances. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> it's not going to, we got one prom song. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a zombie sway than anything else. Y'all. <laughs> Uh, all right, so then that, that that sounds like a classic. Uh, Jeff, we'll have you go second here. Um, tell me your worship. Uh, Sam, am I allowed to tell the Christian death story? I don't even know that one. Oh, it involves shit. a mask. Can I preface it first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Okay, so I had the night before we had a show, and it, I was it was a big deal for me. Well, he'll get into who it was and all that. But I had been out doing chemicals and I had done some certain chemicals before this this time too. So it was one of the first shows that I played with. We're definitely time reversal after hours now, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I mean it's like the normal stuff that I, I would 
do, but well, not, I don't do these certain chemicals now, but so everything was just kind of normal, but for some reason, all the different ones kind of acted together and like formed a super chemical or something. It was, and I, uh, I remember a little bit of it, but I don't even remember that night afterwards. <laughs> so yeah. That's a okay, pretty good so disclaimer. Now, so now you can go. All right. Well, that's some, well, that was the prefacing statement <laughs> to be clear. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, I don't remember what the band was calling themselves at that time, but it was former members of Christian death and, um, uh, <laughs> it basically, Oh, and our friend Andrew from Slow Poisoner had this giant like paper mache mache head or something. Oh. It, was a, it was a green glitter mask, like this dem demonic green glitter mask. It was gorgeous, gorgeous. It's amazing. So Sam, like pretty much wearing not much else but this giant de demon head, like causing a ruckus, and the Christian Death were not having it or whatever. I forget what they're called, but the 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 current spinoff and um they they were there was like fisticuffs, almost fisticuffs, but some, it totally was not your fault, Sam. There was like some interpersonal thing going on within their band. Was this somebody, during the show? Was it during yeah, the show? Or? <laughs> Sam literally walked into some interpersonal thing happening and then there's Sam, this goofy head happening, like getting in a brawl between the people in his band. And uh, God, I'm sorry, I missed that. And okay, one so of the guys had his base above his head coming down up onto Sam and like Pat or Dermot at the time, like tackled him. Wow, that was a crazy night. So, wow. okay, so punch so up on the Death Rock show, Jesus. <laughs> so, Jeff, I'm gonna maybe I want to help fill in the story a little bit. So, in the beginning, <laughs> so this was um, so Valor who took over for Christian Death after Roz Williams died. I'm a huge Christian, only theater pain changed my life. So he, uh, Valor, had a daughter, and she was the drummer for this band at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was, like, boning up on, like, stuff to talk about when I got to meet him. And someone was saying some really inappropriate things about her. And, you know, she was youngish, but just, like, really inappropriate stuff. So I contacted her. I'm like, hey, this creepy guy on YouTube is saying some wacky stuff. And she's like, oh, it's so cool. Thank you. I'm going to report him and whatever. And so I remember when I got to the club, she was there. I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you. And got a kiss and all that. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. She's super cool. And then so during the show, she, um, they were playing. And I remember there was a girl who's dancing in front. And I was getting like, oh, hey, what's up? And, you know, we're both like, hey, let's dance. And in so your giant mask head. In the, yeah. So I had underwear on and this glitter demon mask. But she was cool with it. And does. so we are like. As, as was the style of the time. <laughs> and so we were like dance. I wasn't like, gr we weren't like grinding on each other. So I'm just like dancing. And I guess the bass player who went on to later date the drummer girl, but he like freaked out and was like, oh, what the fuck, dude. And he comes up like acting like a frat guy. And he's like trying to swing his bass down on me. And I had the mask on, so I couldn't see anything. I just felt getting pushed. I'm like, what's, what's happening? I have no what's field happening? of vision, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Is that's it? what, yeah. Crazy. To Andrew's credit, Andrew talked me down because I'm like, this is totally uncool. Like, talk about bands not treating each other well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but like, Andrew's like, don't worry about it. This is incredible. I can tell you, this was incredible theater. You did well. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. From, from the theater of the absurd uh, philosophy. And Andrew knows theater. Yeah, yeah. Andrew is theater. Andrew, and <laughs> Andrew lives theater. Yes. Uh, wow. Okay, so that that would be. 
That'd be hard to top. Technically, Jeff, that's yours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sam, do you have do you have anything? I, I think you can get dispensation if you can't uh, think of another one. Uh, beyond I mean, that. I ha- that's worth two. Because <laughs> I'm like all things gear centric and like old gear stuff. There's this one song that I love playing, but the last two times we played it, it killed my amp. And there were different amps. And the song is called Deconstruction, which is appropriate in a terrible way because when a tube amp goes down, it's like at least five hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to, I don't want to play the song. But it's weird. It's two separate amps and both like really bad timing on both. So I we haven't played that song since. And I yeah, that's the only thing I have. Like in a live setting, when something like that happens, that's just yeah, it's just the worst. <sighs> Sounds like it. Uh, I mean, I've, that's never good. Never good at all. Uh, so then the other side of things are yeah, g- give me a give me a best show moment give me some something you thought was going to be terrible it turned out great you know something that was like life affirming made you want to continue on you know something along those lines and we'll we'll let's go same same order we'll go uh, michael first life affirming huh wow <laughs> life affirming just just a good it could just be like a really um, good show for some reason it, it can be however you want to interpret it yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that we played with, I think Exhalance was on my birthday, if I remember right. And that was with Glowing Brain, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably, I'd never gotten a chance to play a show on my birthday. And that was at the Knockout, which, you know, before everything, like, it's pretty much started to be before our... Before the Troubles, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of our spot. Like, we, I don't know, we had just, like, a lot of, lot of good shows there the last, like, year or so. And um, yeah, that was one of those where it was it was pretty well attended. I think it was like a Tuesday show, but um, yeah, between you know the fellows and Glowing Brain were you know old friends, love those guys, and Exhalants were just just bring it like they just were just I'd never seen them before, and it was just one of those where I'm like, wow, I'm pretty lucky to be able to spend my birthday doing this. You know, one of those where you kind of look around and go, oh yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> that show was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a good one. That that's a great that's a great lineup. Jeff. Uh, well, I guess I'll just throw in a knockout story too. Um, that that show with Art Gray Noise Quintet and Musk was just like one of my favorite shows I can remember, just because, you know, as we've been saying, not having a whole lot of people with similar influences or similar mixture of influences like that show. I mean, people who know like inside and out things like mule and amrep but also like lubricated goat and birthday party and yeah. aussie grime punk and scientists and all that stuff i mean that that whole crowd was just more than we could have asked for and uh i just kind of wanted to make sure we brought it and i i think we did so it was super fun everybody was super cool all the guys um, from new york city super super happy to play although the funny thing is it was like uh it was an old person show so i was just made to see the sun the wait sun are they all oh, well, yeah, I, 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 I just say can you, can, can you give me a definition for what that means exactly well these right before the troubles what it meant was that a lot of bands were playing when the sun was still up which is kind of crazy to me it's oh like, meaning okay well it, me. just, so uh, allowing Man for Asia. adults Man okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll i mean it was a saturday night but like i think there was like bingo afterwards or something i don't know something that the kids prefer to live music and um <laughs> so we were like like 
like Stu Spasm and, and Musk and us were like the opener to um, Bingo or whatever. But no, no diss against Knockout because they are keeping it totally legit by whatever means necessary and they're geniuses for that reason. So, um, yeah, that was a great night. I was almost thinking of like the coolest retirement home or something when you said old person. <laughs> we have not done that yet. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you, you thought the the uh, was it the prom or uh, uh, whatever it was? Which is weird. <laughs> I got proms on the brain. I don't, everything is a prom now. Sorry, uh, Sam. Yeah, the other real quick. Sorry, the oh, other sorry. thing I remember from that show, and it plays into the old person thing. Uh, my kid graduated in eighth grade. So I had to ask Musk because I was going to be in Petaluma and then had to make it like leave the graduation, which was at like one o'clock or whatever, and be able to make it there and ask them. And I think they had to put us like toward the back of the bill or whatever. Like so. And yeah, they were super flexible, but it was definitely that's that's another old person thing for yeah, sure. That, that, that's, that's some real life <laughs> obligation <laughs> rock and roll right there. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so Sam. Uh, I think the best show was uh, at Hemlock with Cutlass and some other band, but just, I mean, like filling the Hemlock room was just. Was Musk? Oh, was that Musk? And was Musk yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there weren't, you couldn't, didn't take a lot to fill it, but just that room and the sound of everything and there. Yeah, that was the best. Just like packed people. That was great. But I think the most important show would probably be the, um, when Michael didn't even play, when we had the drum machine that Michael saw that that kind of, started everything in motion so that might be the most important one because i know we did prf not the year before but the year before that and i was just really freaked out and really intimidated by all the however tight-knit was and then we didn't play the next year and then conan you asked us to do that one i was like you know we must be doing something right kind of stuff so yeah i think that was cool well that's very nice and obviously you were uh because not everyone gets booked on the same night as fired bass player <laughs> I think we went on right afterwards, which was tough act to. <laughs> I was gonna say it's talking about where's where's Andrew with talking about the theater of the absurd there. That's right. I had so many people walk up to me and be like, "Was that is that planned? Is, that, is this a thing?" I'm like, I have no idea. I have I have no clue. <laughs> that was in the dark no, as anyone. Because those three bands, it was them, uh, Catastrophe Girlfriend, and then us, and then Reptoid. And I remember when Catastrophe Girlfriend was um, kind of finishing up. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go talk to the sound man and just let him know we have a kind of complicated setup. And this is, I'd never met Jordan before. So I go back there. I'm like, uh, hey, so uh, we're going on next and we have some direct boxes. We got a little drum machine. I played two cabinets and we can be borrowing equipment. So you just, you know, he's like, okay. I was like, all right, smart ass. What's up? You know, let's, I guess we'll see. And then he comes in and the sound was all cool and all that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he's pretty good. And then he goes up there with like eight pedal boards. Yeah, he like, said it was like 20 times more complicated yeah. with like weirder stuff. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. He's like, all right, Romper Room, what's up? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> you ready for a summoning? Yeah, exactly. Have fun with your, have fun with your demons. Uh, I'm going to be over yeah. here uh, staging a space invasion. <laughs> <laughs> uh fellas it's been great having you this this has been uh really good times and uh really appreciate all the great music you guys put out this year uh like i said i think people need to you know condemn collapse shapeshifter um you, there's all kinds of music that you guys have put out i hope people that are interested check it out i hope people that have the other records will check out the other stuff uh last thing i do on the show it's a can question 
we're gonna have to do the round robin because you get there's three of you as you understand and you can choose to interpret this however you like but why do you do what you do uh and let's start sam you start this time um what uh, i do it um i'd probably be dead if i didn't kill myself for sure some is survivor i do it to survive michael um i haven't found anything more magical in life than music and i mean i would say all of my relationships that i've made for the most part um have always centered around it and yeah, i don't know like the practice room live everything like it's just it's the spice of life and you know i'm I'm a dad, I have a 15 year old boy who also plays music. Um, and you know, like that's, that's awesome. But like the, you know, the, the sort of like, um, the difficult to put your finger on, like when you, you know, your heart flutters kind of thing for me has always been related to making music in some form or fashion. It's just nothing better. Jeff. Can't say what these guys have already said, but it's yeah, it's a uh, it definitely hits hits me deep and hard and uh, musical experiences and I I I I, yeah, I need it and I've you know I think we're all lifers in this um, so it's like even though it sucks right now it's like we're sticking around because we have no choice. So it's it's an alternate universe that I need. Well, I'm glad that you guys are, and I think you've uh, uh, you've put out a great body of work, and I'm glad to know you, and I've been glad to have you guys on the show tonight. So thanks, thanks Conan. So Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. It was blast. Tunnelsf.bandcamp.com for most everything. I think there's a tunnel at the tunnelsf.com also. Yeah, right. Yep. And then all the normal things they you would. Uh, find uh what what's the uh, uh tell me the record label that uh, shapeshifter's on again sorry forbidden place records forbidden place records for uh, shapeshifter fellas thank you so much thanks Conan. really thank appreciate the time much. and thanks, uh, man. look forward to see whatever you guys do next thank you happy new year man happy new year, happy new year. take care Bye. all right there they go the tunnel this would be a good time to play, play a song, so I'm going to go ahead and do that.
right. That was the tunnel. Collapse before that with Punisher off the excellent Shapeshifter record, which is uh, one of my favorite records of 2020 and it appears in the best of 2020 episode. As mentioned earlier, that was the that was the boys at the tunnel. Jeff Michael Sam. Good fellas. Good band. The Tunnel SF on uh, most social media. <laughs> uh, tunnelsf.com, tunnelsf.bandcamp.com to get all their stuff. Super interesting band. I, I obviously I like them a lot. That's why they're on the show. But I hope you guys, if you aren't already familiar, you should get familiar. They're very good. I like what they do a lot. The name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. The show happens on the internet. Radio Nope, usually Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. RadioNope.com. Signing off. Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. Anyone within the sound of my voice. Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal to get episodes of the show sooner. One dollar a month will get you there. I've got 50,000 watts of power. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. I wanna ionize the air. Got a couple surprises for the end of the year, I think. We'll see. I don't want to count my chickens for their hatched, but thanks for a great 2020. I mean, it's a terrible 2020, but this <laughs> thanks for hanging out with me. If I don't talk to you before, can you hear me now? Stay safe out there. Out on Route and as always, dark and lonely. take it easy. Got my radio on. Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. If there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Emergency!